the beautiful souls it is your girl felicia here and welcome to a new episode of the food of colors podcast this is a podcast show where people from different ethnic minorities share their life experiences of life growing up in europe i hope you're all well and enjoying the last moments of the beautiful sunshines wherever you are um, before the autumn falls and the rain comes so i hope you're all enjoying that for today, I am actually super excited to have today's co-host with me. I'm super excited to hear what she has to say and share her story with us. So let's all welcome Fatima. Hi. Hi, hi. hi everyone. <laughs> hi, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. How's the day been? Oh, it was quite a busy day, uh, sorting out a few things at home. I just moved recently, so yeah, you know, uh, fixing stuff at home and yeah. uh, and studying a little bit few things but yeah okay <laughs> so you moved as well i moved yeah. as well not too long ago <laughs> i moved two months ago so oh, really and you're yeah. still packing up yeah <laughs> i love it <laughs> I, I did most of everything um but i was still having some deliveries mm -hmm. uh, but yeah most is done so yeah oh that's good that's yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, moving is stressful like mm -hmm. i do not like moving if i'm comfortable somewhere i'd rather stay as long as i can before moving because yeah i mean yeah when i moved now i moved maybe like a month ago and i just okay. found it very very stressful um even yeah. if i had help and everything i just found it like quite stressful and packing everything and unpacking everything and you know all of that I think it's more is packing everything and then you realize yeah. how how much stuff you have yeah <laughs> that is really stressful oh my god it is like I didn't realize like because I had we had like a um what you call it like a corner shop around where mm -hmm. I used to live before so mm -hmm. I was I went there and it was actually my boyfriend's um, idea to go then ask them for boxes and they yeah. know me as well because I've been I have been there so many times they knew me so I just asked them for boxes and then I started packing everything and then I just realized how much stuff I had I'm like Jesus yeah. Christ this is <laughs> like if I would move back home I don't know how we would do it I probably have to take like two flights back and forth <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh gosh so did you move by yourself like to to your own apartment so did you yeah i've been uh, i've been sharing for the last say four years five years and there was the right time finally to move by myself so oh, wow. i just uh, yeah congrats I'm so excited <laughs> yeah. thank you thank you yeah it's just like now i feel more at home yeah know? um yeah i think uh, i'm growing up now <laughs> you have become an adult <laughs> yeah it was time to do the to take this step you know yeah do you feel like how does it feel to move by yourself because if you shared for four years and now if you live by yourself do you feel like alone or do you feel or do do you not mind i mean yeah, I was feel I was feeling alone even sharing because oh. I was even share yeah I was sharing with people that they weren't friends you know with random yeah. people so and we never really engaged so ev everyone was doing oh. their own life um so for me it wasn't that change in terms of to be alone or not mm -hmm. uh, what I find it really 
nice is to have my own space to have yeah. my own privacy you know coming at home from work and do whatever i want to do yeah and, you know this is really to have basically your freedom let's say it in this in this way <laughs> yeah <laughs> but did that not um with lockdown happening did that not change anything with the dynamics in your house um when i was sharing you mean on yeah when no 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 when you were sharing no no i mean it was worse (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) yeah i mean oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. because i had few problems like you know lockdown was everything changing in the society and um Recently, I started to have uh, like a student from uni sharing the house. And so you know how they are students. So usually they don't really respect whoever is working. I'm working shifts. So they didn't yeah. get fed. And even if it was the lockdown for the, for them was the right time to get people come to visit all the time. Okay. And I was like, oh, we are in lockdown. We are talking about social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but so people was don't care stressful. about that no, yeah exactly yeah and it's for me that because i'm working in the hospital was quite quite hard because oh, yeah. i don't want to expose anyone but in the same time i don't want to be exposed because then my responsibility are my patient yeah you know? so you think in that way but yeah, yeah. Did they? I'm sure that your flatmates were aware that you were working on a hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and that's a bit strange yeah. that they would like yeah. <laughs> willingly invite people unless they didn't tell the people, the guests that they were coming. Not saying that you. I mean, obviously, you working in that, you yeah. are exposed more to than other people. Exactly. Um, yeah. Are Are you a nurse or what do you do? Like, what is? I'm your a job? midwife. Oh, a midwife. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Exciting. Yeah. It is. is <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> fancy. Yeah. Is it for so, the NHS? Hmm? Is it for the NHS or is it like a private? NHS, no, no, okay. I'm working for NHS, yeah. yeah. And how so, has that been working during this lockdown? Was, um, so it was really challenging for, for everyone. Mm. Um, the first, I can say the first couple of months was challenging but as well stressful because with a lot of changes every day and you need to adapt the changes and uh, uh, but the, the only thing that made us to go through it was the support between each other so okay. the team was, was great. Um, and I think the most challenging thing was the the fact to wear a mask and to mm-hmm. not be able to express, you know, your feeling through your eyes and your mm-hmm. face, you know, and especially with the patients. So when you have like with my job, we deal with pregnant ladies, uh, ladies in labor, ladies in contraction and pain. So sometimes you don't need to say things, but they look at your face, they look at your eyes and wearing okay. the mask and not be able to express it was really hard. Yeah. And as well, to not be uh, to not be able to hug anymore your colleagues. Sometimes when mm-hmm. there is a hard time, you want just to have a hug. 
this is the yeah. first thing you do it just hug someone you know <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was really really difficult and yeah you know these simple things but you realize how important they are yeah. when someone will take them away from you exactly like it's um gosh this lockdown has taught me a lot of things like just yeah. today i was just chatting to my because i feel like I've, i i was with well i've been laid off and <laughs> with my old company but yeah. before this whole like lockdown happened we started working from from home like i think before yeah. the actual like national lockdown happened so i've been home like since mid-march until now and i'm still like looking for jobs like crazy and everything but just like i think it made me appreciate because you know sometimes when you just complain about your job be like oh, i don't want to yeah. go to work anymore i don't want to do and that just made me appreciate because i'm like just being home is actually very hard at least for me, I know other people that um, it might be fine, but constantly just being home, not having anything to do is quite difficult for me. Yeah. So yeah, it just taught me a lot to like be appreciated of the things I have. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Other parts of the world, they, you know, some uh, developing countries, they don't have work like we do. Like we can just like, they don't have work that we can complain, they can complain about, they're just grateful to have a job. Yeah. so it's um yeah it's putting things into perspective and you're like damn okay exactly yeah um yeah. i had all of that and it can be taken away from you that quick so yeah it's yeah. so true yeah yeah i agree with that yeah so uh, Tima, yeah. i heard that you're from morocco originally yeah <laughs> that's uh, you know that i've been to morocco <laughs> really yeah. what about <laughs> so um i went with bernadetta oh um, okay <laughs> how long ago was it it was like two was years last year i think no was? that was i think the year before okay yeah i think two years ago so we first went to marrakesh and was there for two days and then we went to rabat mm -hmm. whereabouts are you originally from marrakesh oh marrakesh oh really yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh nice exciting yeah i love i love morocco we wanted to go to um the blue city chef shawan yeah. Where we were, like in Rabat, it was quite complicated to to get there. There was like no trains. It so we is. Were it is. Yeah. It is. It's. I think there is a bus, but I think there is a bus from Tangier, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And it's much easier to reach Shifshaw when we Fakar. So it's yeah, much easier. Yeah, because we realized that we were like, okay, should we take a train to Tangier? I don't know if I pronounce mm -hmm. it yeah. correctly. <laughs> take a train there and then take like a bus. But then it was also complications with a train. But yeah. I would definitely go there. Now I'm like rambling on. But yeah, so I'm excited <laughs> to hear that you were from Morocco. Yeah. Were you born and raised there or did you? Uh, I born in Marrakesh and yeah. I moved at the age of four to Italy. Oh, okay yeah oh, wow. so yeah <laughs> and all my life basically was in italy yeah so oh, in italy. okay cool yeah. so how how was italy did you move with your your whole family yes italy? so my yeah. parents they moved first and then i followed them me and my sister we followed them after okay. one, yeah a few years later and then we start yeah the new life <laughs> yeah how, how was that like obviously you were quite young so you might not have noticed the difference maybe, maybe you didn't notice the culture difference from a four-year-old perspective but how was that growing up in so, Italy? 
to be honest with you uh, i remember i remember when we moved it's still oh. like yeah <laughs> the memory is still vivid in me because i really struggled at the beginning uh because i i grew up my first four years i was with my grandparents and being taken away from them i really struggled so I remember crying every day. <laughs> yeah, and my parents they decided that the only solution for me was to go to nursery and to get distracted with other kids, you know, to start to learn Italian. Yeah. And and this is what they did. So I did my last year in the nursery and uh, was uh, yeah, it was great and then I started my life basically and everything changed. Uh -huh. Um but yeah, growing up in Italy, gosh. <laughs> I, what, what part from Italy? What part? Yeah, Italy? this is what I want to say, because yeah. if I'm going to tell you the part of Italy, you, you may understand what I'm going to say after. <laughs> so I grew up in the north. Okay. Um, uh, the city is called, uh, uh, I'm in a small town called Manerbio that is part of another city called Brescia. If you know uh, Lake Garda? No. Have you heard? Okay. <laughs> no, uh, my eyes are like... <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, maybe I should have uh, my geography. Okay, I'm between, <laughs> basically it's between Milan and Verona, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you, yeah. Uh, and it's really uh, a small town, again, as I said, mm -hmm. and it's quite close-minded as well. Okay. And this and this area of the Italy is quite known to be um, where let me say the racist party in the politics always win. Oh, okay, in that area. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's quite famous of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So this is just to yeah to let you know in which kind of. Um, community i growing up <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. yeah but um, yeah to be honest thinking about because basically being more than 20 i'm just thinking when i moved to uk i was 25 <laughs> when i moved to uk okay. so 21 years of my life was in italy and um there is amazing memories and i still uh -huh. love italy italy is is home uh, I can't deny that because yeah. at the end of the day, uh, all my all my life was there. My friends, school, uni, everything is there. Mm -hmm. But I can't. At the same time, I can't forget. You know the the sad moment that happened in Italy as well. That yeah. one of the reason why I moved to UK basically uh, mm -hmm. was that. So yeah. So, do you mind me asking why you moved to the UK? Um, so, the main reason is um, after uni, <clears throat> um, I thought that it could be a change in the society. Yeah. And I thought like when you are well educated and you have degree in your hand, things that can be different. Yeah. But then I realized that is not, doesn't matter how much you, you, you study, how many degrees uh, you have in your hand, but you are still uh, not part of them. Mm. And, uh, and that made me really frustrated because 
uh, I wasn't like just sitting in at home, you know, I was yeah. like working hard to see a change in the society and I was doing a lot and not seeing that change happening. It just makes you really upset and disappointed. Yeah. And I tried to find job as a midwife was was impossible it was impossible because i am a muslim as well i'm wearing the headscarf oh, okay. and the society never accepted that and i remember talking with one of my friends he's a doctor and he said to me fatima just pack your stuff and go away because you will never ever get any chance to be a midwife in italy oh, wow. and and that was the thing that made me just you know what let me go mm-hmm. and and the decision to come here was like like i decided in one week i just packed my stuff oh wow my flight i didn't have any clue about where i was going uh what is midwifery in uk how i'm going to find a job you know all this kind of i wanted just to go you know yeah (laughs) yeah and and as well because i was feeling i needed my freedom i needed my freedom to be who i am i wanted to feel accepted i uh, i wanted to feel that i don't need to explain all the time myself and i needed to breathe and i i I got the point where i couldn't breathe anymore and that he made me just you know uh to to do this crazy step and just to leave (laughs) yeah i mean that's very brave did you know anyone in the uk at all when you moved here was it just like Uh, let me i have (laughs) i have one friend <clears throat> that yeah. she lives in uh, she lives in london that she as well pushed me to 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 take this step yeah and i'm really grateful that she was here because she supported me at, at, at least uh, at the beginning mm-hmm. uh, but of course no one else so no family at all uh, no other friends so it was restarting again a new life mm-hmm. wasn't yeah. that scary for you were you scared when you took that decision to to move here <laughs> I was, but knowing myself, I'm a bit like crazy. That <laughs> yeah, I like I like to take um, how to say I'm really uh, in into adventure. I like to yeah. do this new thing, like risks and stuff. Risk, yeah. So yeah, I, I like to challenge myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah amazing i mean now you're here now you finally like working within the field you study for but when you when your friend advised you to move to the uk did Mm -hmm. he mean that you would never get a midwifery job in italy in general or was it just in the small town that you lived in i think it is in was in general a bit hard because uh you know at that time italy was facing uh, a crisis uh, economic crisis so job mm-hmm. there wasn't job for anyone anyway mm-hmm. and and when there is a, a lack of you know a job and if there is a you know it's always a competition okay yeah. when there is a competition you know already you are the last yeah we will never be looked you know and 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 even if i try to apply in a private hospitals and this friend i remember he said to me he is um 
as well from he's not Italian is from Palestine and he said okay. to me um, you know when you send your CV okay in Italy you need to put your picture okay yeah I heard that yeah and he said to me so basically what they do the first thing they will never ever read your CV because they look at your picture and they will be in your CV without reading it that's crazy yeah unless doing that until today yeah 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 there is no change i mean there is no change i mean this i think it's getting a bit worse oh my yeah i mean personally i think like kind of like everywhere things are getting a little bit worse when it comes to like maybe like racism or um race profiling and stuff like that it just feels like Okay, it's been bad before, but I don't know because we have internet now. Um, I think maybe that's why it maybe feels yeah, like yeah. it's getting worse because everything is, you know, you can just click on your phone and everything is up already. So I think maybe that's why we feel like it's getting worse, but I think it might have always been there. I, I was about to say another opinion, but then I changed my mind during speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I don't know if that's that's the case, if it has to do with internet that's getting, you know, that we see it more and it feels like I it's think, getting worse or if it's getting worse. Um, I think you're right. It seems worse, but was like this even before because sometimes when I, I'm you know reading things on social media and seeing videos and all this stuff I always feel like this is new, is not new for me I've been mm-hmm. through this before you know but as you said now everything is available and now um, everything is shared on internet as well mm-hmm. But when I'm saying it's getting worse, for example, in Italy, is looking at the politics and looking okay. how racism is now something right to do, something right to say, you know. And this was a, a general problem in Italy anyway, where people, they always felt they have the right to treat you um, as they want you know but you yeah 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 but you don't have the right to defend yourself that's mad how can it be reversed like that how can you be like yeah 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 you you have the right to do whatever you want um you know according to race but then you can't even defend yourself so what would happen if like if someone would like attack you and you like attack them back what would happen would you end up in prison i will i'm uh, probably i will be the one blamed because uh, i remember like even thinking about some uh, situation i I went through when i was teenager Mm -hmm. and even my friends like when something happened like that like someone saying something to me and i tried to replay back even my friend, they, they were saying to me, you're wrong. You know, <laughs> they never defended me saying, because I'm there. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really hard. You know, you need to, um, you need to be strong, yeah. uh, you know. And, and I think looking at myself today is because what I went through before mm-hmm. and now I'm just smiling I'm just laughing but sometimes when I sit and really think I say always you should be proud of yourself yeah <laughs> you know no I agree with that um because yeah some of the stuff that I've been through myself I'm like 
thinking back to it, you know, all the memories and feelings that comes up, obviously you become angry again, but at the same time, like, I don't think I'll be the person um, or alert to maybe like as Mm -hmm. educated or, you know, all of that, if I didn't go through what I went through. So, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a blessing, but with everything, a good saying I, I remember seeing this on a tv like on a movie <laughs> um, i can't remember the, the name of the movie but it called it was called something like fire or something like that mm-hmm. and they basically said with everything bad something good comes out of it yeah. and that's kind of like have been my motto throughout life yeah. anything bad that i've been through like it's literally always something good that's come out of it so whether it's knowledge whether it's something else whether if I get like a better job or better house I don't know like it's always something better that's come out come out of it um, regardless absolutely of yeah. yeah I think I always believe that everything that's happening in the life is for a reason yeah and and uh, you know there is nothing that you make you may get hurted of course about what you experience but as we said you get more stronger after that mm-hmm. and you never know because you may feel oh i went through this or, or whatever but you never know probably you change somehow something even mm-hmm. if it's a little you may change something and probably people that will come after you they f- they may find a better way somehow. Mm-hmm. This this is my belief, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, like even when I moved here, and I I felt like I failed in the Italian society because mm-hmm. I couldn't see the change I wanted to see in my country because I was feeling that was my country. Mm-hmm. But now thinking about it, I'm I think like probably I did something good. Mm. you know and probably like the new generation coming now probably they find something better i hope this is my my hope i don't know <laughs> yeah and no, i definitely hope that too and i always like try to be hopeful that the next generation the gen after the generation after us is going to have it much better and that's why we're also like um you know fighting for our rights or fighting for equality and all of that in order for our next generations to have it better because change has to come but change doesn't happen overnight as well so it will take maybe we don't know how long it's going to (laughs) take but eventually (laughs) it, it will get better but yeah, I mean, don't try to see it as um, you fell in your own country. Like, obviously, yeah. you need to follow wherever you have the opportunity. So yeah. by you moving here, I mean, I don't know how long it took for you to get a job, but the fact that you're working now and you couldn't do that before in Italy, that's yeah. great. Like, you have, yeah. yeah, you had, you did what you had to do to, you know, yeah, exactly. get where you want to get. So that's amazing. Yeah. So is your family still in Italy? Uh, no, my parents, they moved back to Morocco long, long time ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, as well, my siblings, they moved back to, with my parents. So, so yeah, we are basically everywhere. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we are scattered around the, <laughs> around the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But do you know the reason why they moved to Italy? Because oh, the reason why they moved to Italy. Yeah. Well, my dad, he was the first one moving and because he needed a change and uh, of course for job, he needed to to get a job. So he moved to Italy and then uh, after a few years, my mom followed him and then me and my sister. Mm -hmm. And but my parents, both of them, even 
when they moved they had always the idea to go back home one day okay yeah yeah and this is what they did <laughs> yeah. yeah it's kind of like the same with my parents um especially my dad he always says like he wants to go back to yeah if you don't know mm-hmm. already um i'm originally from uganda but okay. i was born and raised in sweden um oh. so my dad he always says like he wants to go back uh, to uganda but at the same time i think because obviously like with the government, everything is a bit more stable in Sweden than it is in Uganda, if you compare. So yeah. I think it's also like they're comfortable with what they can get in Sweden. But at the same time, I think they miss the lifestyle in Uganda because they can be free. You know, my dad has a house there or my parents has a house there. So we, all, we always used to travel there every summer. So yeah. like the fact that they have that freedom, that's probably what they miss. But at the same time, they have a better life in Sweden, if that makes sense, yeah. like with the, with the government yeah that that is that is true but like uh uh for my parents was the need to be around their family so mm-hmm. they needed to to have their you know their parents around their sister and brothers and uh, and i get that because mm-hmm. you know they grow up in morocco and and always you want to go back where you belong to yeah so no, exactly uh, yeah because at least like you don't have the struggle of um i know that i don't know what difficulties morocco has um i just know like in you know other african countries like it might be just a a beef or real no i can't even speak (laughs) rivalry (laughs) between like um what do you call it clans yeah oh we don't Between, have that <laughs> yeah tribes no i want to say yeah, tribes. tribes yeah tribes. yeah <laughs> it might just be that but in the same like anything than that like everyone looks like you you don't have like you know people coming and attacking you just because you're a certain color um i mean yeah they have the difficulties in africa but yeah. it, it hasn't to do with the race anyway so uh, let me tell you something felicia because yeah. uh, about this point you're saying um you know that uh, so when I go to Italy, I feel like always they're treating me like the diverse one. I'm not mm-hmm. part of it. But even when I go to Morocco, you know, it's, <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it sounds uh, like ridiculous. But even for Moroccan people, sometimes they treating me like I'm not part of them because um, I'm speaking Moroccan or, or Arabic with Italian accent. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> or because, or because my mentality is different from their mentality as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, now I'm okay with it. But I remember when I was teenager, for me it was a really big problem of identity because mm-hmm. I didn't know where was my identity. I'm Moroccan. I'm Italian. No one wants you. And now mm-hmm. some sometimes when people ask me where are you from, I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that because that's exactly how I felt growing up yeah like it took me I think that's what like one of my hardest issues that I had like I didn't know because I'm like obviously like whenever I went to Uganda it was the same they were like they saw me as a foreigner they were like okay um I don't know how to speak the language fluently understand it um pretty much everything I can say some words 
Mm. But then when I said some words, it was with an accent as well. So people pick up <laughs> on that. Just by me walking, they would be like, you're not from here. They're like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And also like in Sweden, they're like, you you know, I'm a foreigner there. So like, I also struggle with identity. I'm like, who am I? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm a Sweden, what do I say? Um, yeah. Now I say I'm from Sweden because I'm like, I grew up there. Like I was born and raised there. So I'm like, I just say like, I'm from Sweden. If yeah. the, people want to know my originality, then I would just tell them that. But I just tell them like, because in the end of the day, like that's, that's the only connection I have. Like, I don't have the same mentality as they have in Uganda. I grew yeah. up in Europe, so it's not, yeah. I can't really, as much as I want to say that I'm Ugandan, I'm proud to be Ugandan, yeah. but I'm not from there in the same time. And it, yeah, like, this the is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is true. But, you know, like, I remember when I was in Italy, uh, I was completely, at some point, denying my Moroccan origin. Like, mm. I didn't want to know anything about it. Oh. And, uh, but then, of course, you grow up, you, you know, you learn and all this stuff. And but when I came to UK, my Moroccan side came out somehow. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm completely proud to be part of both. I, I, I can't say to you I'm 100% Moroccan. Mm-hmm. But I'm not 100% Italian. But yeah. I'm really grateful about this because this is, uh, it just allowed me in life to learn about cultures, to be mm-hmm. between cultures, to have an open mind as well. And uh, that probably someone in Morocco will not have or Italian people will not have. And mm-hmm. I think we are really lucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, And for myself, when I had that kind of, problem of identity I identified myself in my religion so okay yeah I found like being a Muslim when you have when you have a religion doesn't matter where are you from because Mm -hmm. you can be Muslim you can be from Morocco you can be Italian you can be British or whatever Mm -hmm. and that was my freedom you know and Mm -hmm. uh, and I find that my religion my escape somehow yeah that's actually an interesting take on it because you're the first person that was that said that like from other people like maybe had on this um platform that shared that maybe had struggles coming from them yeah you're the first one saying like you could identify yourself with your religion and that's yeah. kind of like a beautiful thing i think yeah. like yeah. that it doesn't matter where you're from like you could at least have that and yeah that's, and that's good yeah. oh my gosh amazing <laughs> so with with your midwifery job like do you do you like it I presume you like it because that's what you're studying <laughs> <laughs> but what like have you seen any like difficulties with our job um yeah so being a midwife is 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 uh, I love it is mm-hmm. my passion is uh, is is a art of life okay and I think you're born to be a midwife (laughs) I don't think I don't think it's for everyone it has probably any other job but especially this job Mm -hmm. and I love it because uh, um, I'm with the women Mm -hmm. and I'm supporting them I'm empowering the women and advocate for women and this is for me is really important not just in my job but in general yeah um but yeah I mean wasn't it wasn't an easy journey Mm -hmm. 
was uh, studying United Uni three years in Italy was mm -hmm. really hard. <laughs> I mean, again, going back to the same reasons of racism, prejudice. Um, I never been really accepted when I was doing my training in the hospital. Oh, really? Yeah, because for Italian society was really something really new to see um, the, the new generation from immigrant parents starting to go to uni. And oh, for so this was, oh, sorry, was this in like the training? Was that in Italy training. when you trained? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like training when you came to the UK. No, 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 <laughs> not training like, in what? Italy. No, no. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> no, no, I mean yeah. in Italy. I'm talking about when I was doing the okay. uni in Italy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and as I said, for them it was something really new to see this like someone that is not white, someone that mm -hmm. wear a headscarf and was whoa for them was a complete shock, <laughs> <laughs> and it was really challenging, especially for my headscarf, and never been accepted. Uh, Would they and, say anything to you? Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, was every single day. Uh, when I was going for my placement in the hospital was uh, like a battle. I needed to fight for oh, my headscarf. I even been put it in front of take it off because they asked me many times to take it off if I want to stay. Oh, wow. Or so it's like threatening in you, like either you, you take it off and you can stay or you leave. Yeah, or you leave. Damn, that's and right. And the problem was the midwife. I never had a problem with doctors, a part one, mm -hmm. but I never had a problem with doctors. But midwife, they're all women. And you know how if you put many women in the same place? <laughs> <laughs> Being <a> catty. <laughs> exactly. And what I hated was the talking behind my back yeah they even they even like made a plan how to follow me outside what the know, to see yeah because they needed to find the excuse or something against me right and what i was doing uh the headscarf i was using in the hospital was white to yeah. follow the policy of the hospital and was specific for the hospital. I never used the same one outside, okay? Yeah. So when I was finishing my shift, changing my headscarf, putting another one, they followed me even on the lift just uh -huh. to see if I'm changing my headscarf or not. <laughs> uh, you, you know, to find this small thing to use against me. And I remember I was in a teaching hospital, okay? So you expect yeah. a teaching hospital, people well-educated, open-minded, and all this stuff. And one of them was the sister of the ward, was labor ward. Mm -hmm. She was as well teaching us at the uni. And just the day before, she gave us these uh, lessons about how the birth is the less sterile event that you can go through mm -hmm. not sterile okay and so one day she called me in the office saying um i need to tell you something is about how your headscarf is not sterile and you can't use it blah 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 and i said 
okay let's make it clear you just told us yesterday okay mm -hmm. that birth is not sterile <laughs> and now you are complaining saying that my headscarf is not sterile so what is the problem and and i said i remember uh, i remember that day and i said to her if there is a law in this country that is telling me that i need to take it off i will be the first one who will respect the law and i will take it mm. off but because i know there is no law why i need to just because you don't want me here and I said, mm -hmm. I'm not going to take it off. I will leave. And then she said, no, I'm not asking you to leave. I said, yeah, you are basically doing everything to make me leave. This is what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you have concerns about me as a midwife, about my skills, about my knowledge, okay, fair enough. I will leave. Mm -hmm. But because I know you don't have any concerns about that, you know, Mm -hmm. But this was every, every day. I've been even called terrorist in front of my patients. I've been... In front of your patients? Yeah. <laughs> or another co-worker? Uh, this was a doctor, was a obstetrician. And um, so I was working with her and another doctor. We were doing yeah. the ultrasound. And between one... so one patient she was just coming in the uh, in the in the room to be scanned and this doctor was a female doctor she mm -hmm. said to me are you sad and i said no i i, I didn't get her her question yeah and i said no i'm not are you sure because you know um was the news that bin laden do you remember all the afghanistan problem yeah. was killed okay being killed and she said no because they killed me laden i think probably you're sad and i said oh, no. me and i said basically what are you trying to say and i was glad that her colleague was a male doctor he was sitting there and he stood up and he said are you basically trying to say that Fatima, she's a terrorist? This is mm -hmm. what are you saying right now? And she said, no, I'm not saying that. And I said, well, we said, yeah, this is what you're saying to me, basically. And why I need to be said? And why are you asking me this in front of this patient? And yeah. I said, listen, if you want to have a political conversation with me, I'm happy to do that. But let's do it outside of this place. Mm -hmm. and the two doctors they start to argue between them between yeah and i was just watching them basically <laughs> but you know it was it was like that's very unprofessional her side like yeah. first of all that's very wrong for what she said yeah. like what why is she trying to imply because i'm like that's kind of like implying that yeah. you yeah, you yeah, are yeah. a terrorist or that you know that person or you're supporting what what yeah all of that like I don't know what she was trying to imply, but then also very unprofessional, like to, to do that when a patient is there, because then the patient might be like, oh, you know how some people like they hear something, and then all of a sudden they're going to judge you because of yeah. that, because someone else is saying false information. Yeah. That patient might have been like, I don't know if they were like, okay, I don't want to be treated by you. Like, I don't want you to treat me or, you know, all of that. Yeah. And 
it has so many consequences. So I'm like, people need to be careful what they say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, this is just once of many, many. <laughs> was really hard. I mean, three yeah. years was really hard. But I was so pleased and grateful about my classmates. They were mm-hmm. great group. I mean, they were supporting me and they were defending me. So when was needed. And I remember one of them um was this problem with the headscarf and the next day she went to the canteen you know where you know all the uh, professional they go and eat during lunchtime she covered her head in protest oh. of yeah and everyone was in shock <laughs> like what she's doing and she said and i remember she said fatima i'm doing this for you because i want oh. to to let them know there is no problem with this headscarf you are a human being like everyone else yeah and oh that really touched me i hope you're still friends <laughs> yeah we are really really good oh, friends good. <laughs> that is support to the max like yeah that yeah, yeah. I'm glad that she did that. That's also yeah. showing like, okay, you have the support. There are people like behind your back that want good Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. I'm just like, I'm just like speechless what you just said, <laughs> like with a, you know, following and everything. I don't know what they were like trying to gain yeah. when you yeah. change the scarf. Like what are they trying to do? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This I never, I never get like, you know, um, like even I mean, it wasn't just during uni, like even like my scores, you know, after exams were Mm -hmm. always less than the others, just because for the fact that I'm a foreigner, I I could never get the maximum just because it was me. And I knew that and I was just like, you know, you sometimes you just give up, you do your best, but you, you know that you will be judged not based on what you're going to say. Uh, or what you've written in your exam but they always read your name or they look at your face <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so they gave you a less grade because always always no yes. that's crazy that's yeah, unfair yeah even like after my secondary school and after high school I had the same problem I was one of, you know, I was really a good student, like mm-hmm. always trying, you know, studying very well and all this stuff. But suddenly, you know, when you get your final um, valuation and scores and all this stuff, always less than everyone else. And I knew the reasons because especially when, when I was at the high school, I was really uh like fighting all the time for justice and all this stuff i i always speaking up mm-hmm. and i was always complaining about uh how i was treated about racism but no one wanted to defend me no one came you know on my side apart mm-hmm. from one teacher and i remember uh, meeting one of my teachers from secondary school after years and years. I was at uni at the time and I met him just in the street. I was walking and we stopped and how are you and all this stuff. And he said to me, Fatma, what are you doing now? And I said, I'm at uni, I'm studying midwifery. And, and he said to me, you are the kind of student that a teacher will always be proud of. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, there is something I need to tell you that I will never forgive myself. And I said, what? And he said, do you remember when you took your final exams? I said, yeah, I remember very well that summer. 
<laughs> and, <laughs> and he said that when the commission, you know, they come all together to decide. Yeah. They, they, they said they can't give me 10. So the highest uh, score was 10. They can give me uh, nine because I'm not Italian. Oh, this pisses me off. And he said, Fatima, I fight it and fight it so hard, but it was me against everyone else. Wow. And he said, I couldn't do anything more than that. And he said, till now, I can't forgive myself. You know, and then I said, you know what? I'm happy that you're admitting this to me because I wasn't crazy then. Mm. So my feeling they were right. And this happened to me as well after high school. One of the teachers came after years. She, she admitted that to me. She said, you were right, Fatima, but I couldn't, I couldn't do anything to you. Uh, I couldn't support you because in the end of the day, they are my colleague. And I can't go against my colleague. Yes, you can. You can go against your colleagues. I know, but... <laughs> you stand for what's right. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and it just make you really frustrated, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I know. What was your reaction? Were you like sad when you when he told you that? Were you well? You said you you were glad that he told you. Uh, yeah, I was I was happy because uh, um, I was happy that I was wrong. I was happy that they're admitting their mm -hmm. mistake. And for me, this is really important that one day you will admit what, mm -hmm. what you did wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And of course, I went through, I was sad and, you know, you get frustrated, upset, disappointed and all this mixed feeling. But, you know, what you can do, yeah. <laughs> you're a student, so you need to take it like that. You can't do more. And yeah. Um, but, you know, my parents, they always, especially my dad, he always, always told me, Fatima, you are, you will never win this war. And he said, you will never belong to them because yeah. they will always treat, treat you like a foreigner. Doesn't matter what you do. And, uh, and one of the reasons why as well my parents, they go back, they went back, sorry, to, to, to Morocco is for this. They couldn't stand all this kind of problem. Yeah. And uh, especially when we, I was in the secondary school and my, my mom told me just a couple of years ago about this event. I didn't know about it. Um, that um, I refused to, to wear during sport, you know, when you have a... Uh, you know, usually you get like one hour uh, per week to do In school. school. Yeah. Is it called or something? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I completely refused to wear shorts. So we mm -hmm. had this teacher, she forced all the girls to wear shorts and the boy that can decide. And that was, <laughs> it's not fair because yeah. one, a boy has the right to decide, and as a girl, you need to tell me what to wear. Hmm. And she went to complain to the managers. The manager called my dad. And you know what they said to him? They said, listen, or you follow our rules, or you take your daughters and you go back to your country. Wow. And my dad never, ever told me this. Even my mom, she told hmm. me two years ago. 
<laughs> and I said, mom, why you never say that? She said, because we, we didn't want you to focus on the problem. Yeah. But as a parent, we want to protect you. Yeah. And I respect that, yeah. yeah. So, yes. <laughs> well, what, what were you forced to do though? Were you forced to wear the shorts or did you just like? No, I refused. Okay. I refused. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And even she, she literally hated me. I mean, she never even looked at me or never considering me like I was there. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah. I'm just like if I'm if I'm quiet, that's because I'm I'm just like speechless basically. <laughs> I'm just I can't. It really like annoys me like with a with a great thing because I'm like intelligence does have has nothing to do with where you're from. Like that should be illegal to give someone a less grade because they're not from originally from the country. Yeah. And it's just disgusting. And I really, really, really hope and pray that that has changed or it will change soon that they won't give, you know, smart young people less grades because they have a different skin tone or a different religion or whatnot. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like that really like hit me. I was like, wow, yeah, that's crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you like um, stood your ground, though. I'm glad that you, you and your family stood your ground when you were younger um, and said like, you know, and said no, because maybe other people might not be as strong. They might, you know, bend and follow yeah. the rules just to be able to be accepted. Yeah. But it's good to see that, you, you know, you, you yeah, you stood, stood your ground and did whatever you did to you that you believed in. So it's very inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad of the education I received from my parents to mm -hmm. be always, you know, strong and, you know, to, to fight for your rights. And, um, and yes, for me, it was really important. It wasn't just for myself, but as we said earlier, it's about as well everyone else. Like, mm -hmm. I remember, especially when I was at high school, I was literally involving myself in every single situation where I was seeing injustice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes yes. I was even too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's something that I couldn't stand. Mm -hmm. and until now I can't stand it mm -hmm. and uh, and as you said there is especially when you see someone is a quite weak personality they can't defend themselves mm -hmm. you feel like you have to defend them yeah and uh, but I remember one of my teacher in high school he was always calling me you are the lawyers of the devil because you're always putting you you're putting yourself in these situations <laughs> and he said Fatima can you stay calm for a, for just one and then I, I I start to be more calmer as a person but I, I was like no is no <laughs> enough <Yeah>. is enough <laughs> I mean, that's the only way, like, change is going to happen. It's like someone yeah. has to say something. If everyone's going to be quiet, I'm like, ah, actually, today I'm going to take, you know, a vacation and a holiday. I'm not going to do it. Like, things are not going to take you serious. Like, if you yeah. say that this is wrong, then stick by it. So, yeah, you should definitely not be calmer. You just, like, if you feel like something is unjust, then, yeah, definitely stand up for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, I don't think people will respect or take you serious if you, if yeah. you don't yeah when you moved to to the uk did you have to 
because I don't know how how it works with like if you studied abroad and then you come like did you have to study something else like English to get the midwifery job or when I came, uh, the law now changed, but when I came 2014 to UK, uh, you needed just to apply for an NMC to get like a registration to, to NMC, you get like a PIN number. So uh, you are recognized like a midwife in the country without, you know, yeah, you need just to translate all your, in English, your, um, your degree and some documentation. But now we change, now you need to get your English uh, certification oh. and they will ask you like a certain of score you need to get before to apply uh, to be uh, registered like a midwife in UK. Mm. Okay that's interesting that's actually yeah. interesting. So did you know English before you moved here did you learn when you moved here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've been studying English for basically all my life that we okay. need to be right yeah and when you study you think okay when i'm going to this country i will be fine <laughs> yeah. and i arrived to the airport i was like where am i right now because i can't understand anything <laughs> and i was literally shocked because i couldn't understand mm -hmm. then i realized that uh, the teaching in Italy of the foreigner languages is um, is quite strange because they teach you English in Italian. Okay. What do you <laughs> so, mean with that? So How basically, do you teach English in Italian. So I'm going basically, literally, just to uh, teach you the grammar. Yeah. But I will teach. I will tell you all the rules and all this stuff in Italian. Okay. We don't okay. do conversation really really rare where you do a lot of conversation in 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 english so basically just studying grammar that's it oh okay that so, sounds similar to sweden though really <laughs> yeah because i'm like now i need to think like we would do um essays we would read like from english books but then mm -hmm. when the teacher was speaking like you say this you say that they were speaking swedish mm -hmm. um with a grammar but then we would also do like we will still speak in the language though like we will speak yeah yeah this is like the difference yeah. yeah yeah because yeah, if you force the student to speak in the language for example you i can teach you but the way you you're going to answer for example to my question as a teacher you need to answer in english this is the mm. way a student they can learn yeah oh wow but uh, then again like what age did you learn did do they teach you english because I mean, compared to Sweden, they, they teach you quite young. So I don't know if that has an effect on it, that you get taught quite young. I don't know, because I started from uh, probably from the secondary school to study English. But again, oh, was, that's quite late. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it wasn't in the primary school, it wasn't in primary school. Oh. And now I think they change. Now I think they teach them now from the primary school. But yeah. uh, at that time, no and but yeah so yeah i struggled at the beginning to be honest with you <laughs> really struggled and uh, like compared to your training and working now here in the uk like have you seen any 
differences of how you treated like i'm hoping that over here that they're not like take off your scarf and stuff like that Uh, yeah, the treatment is completely different. The fact mm-hmm. to to manage to get an interview <laughs> for <laughs> me was amazing. Like yeah. I couldn't even expect in that. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact to be judged not based on your headscarf or your color or whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, I never faced that kind of problem. Mm-hmm. Of course, let's say it all. Like there is a problem even in UK. I'm not saying that he is a perfect sorry there is a let me mute <laughs> <laughs> what's going on in the background is <laughs> <laughs> so, um praying time but i don't know how to switch it off <laughs> oh okay <laughs> is it like on your phone or something it's on my laptop <laughs> oh really okay yeah. yeah no worries it's not that it's not that loud anyway so yeah no problem don't okay. worry about that now you can't is it okay now yeah, I can't hear anything. Perfect. Now. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I mean, there is a problem even in UK. Uh, mm-hmm. But the initial part to get the job is uh, is much easier. Okay, that's a yeah, that's amazing. That's yeah, absolutely. yay! <laughs> <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah, finally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because yeah. the reason why I'm asking, like. I don't know if you know who this person is. I actually did not know who that person is as well until mm-hmm. I found out. But maybe it was a month ago. It was a few weeks ago, a few months ago, where there was this um, apparently that's well-known YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Um, she was pregnant and then she passed away due to complications. And they have said like, oh, they didn't take it seriously with her pain. And then it was basically too late. Like when it comes to patients, is it like... Yeah. How do how do I formulate the question? So when it comes to patients, is it favoritism on like based on race? Have you have you witnessed that yourself? Uh, so yes, this is one of the biggest things going on at the moment in NHS. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, there is a recent report or uh, that came out uh, December two thousand nineteen where the numbers they were shocking because um black woman has mm-hmm. a risk five times higher than a white one to die after mm-hmm. birth and the mixed race three times the asian two times mm-hmm. so it's really really high and even during this covid i mean we had about 10 deaths I'm, oh I'm talking God. about I'm talking about pregnancy related, okay? Yeah. And nine or eight of them they're from BAME communities. There is They're something communities, so black and Asian. Oh, and, uh, black. Okay, yeah. And ethnic minorities. So this is telling us there is something wrong. Yeah. And. Wow. Yeah, and the inequalities is they are there. We can't deny that. Mm-hmm. And the problem, we can't always blame the patient. Sometimes it's easy to blame because they don't understand the language or because they're not easy to engage with. It's not. The problem mm-hmm. is us. It's so easy to ignore them. It's so mm-hmm. easy to not listen to them. And it's so easy to not look when there is some risk. 
-hmm. because you don't want to listen because you already go with your prejudice mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so yeah it's, it's, it's gonna be a big challenge let me say that <laughs> yeah. uh, but i'm really really hoping for uh, for a change and i'm glad that it came out it's not something new in uk and then it has but it's recently it's become really a big problem yeah and we are trying to face and see what are the solutions yeah but isn't that um gosh um what is the word for it isn't it because i guess like if you work in the med medical field like you mm -hmm. vow to you know <laughs> look after patients yeah so is, that's kind of like going against that like if you're gonna ignore someone because maybe the color of their skin or their religion that's yeah. going against everything that you sign up for to be to do as a you know work in the medical field yeah, yeah. that's very for me that's very questionable and then also when i heard that because i've always like since i was a young kid i've always wanted to have children but when I heard about, because I saw the article as well, like I think it came out on, I don't know where, BBC, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. I saw that anyway on my phone. And that made me scared. I'm like, okay, that made me question, like, do I really want to have children then in, <laughs> in this country? Because I'm like, if I have a high risk of, like, if I'm within that category of groups, I have a risk of dying in childbirth. Yeah. Like that actually scared me. Yeah. It does. It, it does scare. And it scared me as well. And I'm a midwife, you yeah. know. And um, the problem, as you said, the problem, you know what is. So the problem is we need, as a midwife, to try to build the trust with our patient, okay? Mm -hmm. this, is, this is the basic, okay? Because mm -hmm. if you gain the trust from your patient, your patient she will feel uh, more comfortable to talk to you and mm -hmm. she may say things that are really important for you to know about mm -hmm. medical things so even social aspects you know all this kind of problem mm -hmm. but most of these women depend on who they have in front of them they may not say things because they're worried to be judged and i'm not blaming them Mm. Because sometimes you feel like if I have in front of me someone coming from another background or another culture, she may not understand mine, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give you a simple, simple example, okay? There is a lot of um, women coming from different traditions where mm -hmm. probably they have kind of tradition they use during pregnancy, uh, some remedies or they do stuff during pregnancy or yeah. during the birth or after and some of these they can be can affect the pregnancy in a in a bad way so there is okay. some remedies they can have um how to say uh, if you take other kind of medication, they may can, you know, uh, affect, yeah, give more complication. Okay. Mm -hmm. If, and these women, they will never tell you what they use or what they do, because okay. they may think you're not going to understand. And for me as a midwife, if I don't know that, how I'm going to, um, to support her, to give her the proper information, to mm -hmm. make a decision. 
you know and it's it's, it's really really hard you know and for myself to be honest with you i find it easy because when you walked in when you walked in in a room where there is a a a patient that is not from the you know from uk they always smile when they (laughs) look at you because (laughs) no it's cold or something (laughs) it's funny (laughs) because they know already they can feel free with you they mm-hmm. can talk to you that you, you're going to understand them mm-hmm. and this is really important and this should be with everyone why yeah. they should feel like they're just with me because i'm coming from as well a bame community why yeah. they don't feel the same with everyone else we are all human beings yeah true why they should feel judged you know yeah. and this is just lead to other complications and yeah. of course from the other side you have probably even people they ignore they don't want to listen they don't provide the proper care mm-hmm. and but as you said this is gonna is going against your profession mm-hmm. no. no definitely yeah i feel like if you're gonna do that then you don't even you shouldn't even be in the profession because yeah like i said earlier like you're going against whatever i don't know if you have to sign anything when you get your license all of that but if you vow that this is what i'm going to do for the community oh. i'm going to look after the people yeah. or you know and you're not doing that um that is that is an error in the system like there's something wrong in the system there already and i just feel like you shouldn't do the job then <laughs> like with any kind is... of job like yeah, if i'm but... not qualified I'm... to you know, working, I was working in sales before. If I didn't do it properly, then why am I there? Yeah. So. But the problem is when come to like, let me say, um, unconscious bias, when mm-hmm. come to prejudice, how you can prove that? Yeah. Because everything else can be proved on the documentation. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to document why I'm looking after you. I'm not going to document uh, I'm so annoyed that I need to look after this black woman. I will not write that down, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Let's say it in, in this like harsh way. Mm-hmm. But there is other stuff you document that they can prove like more clinical things. Mm-hmm. But our behavior and our, uh, how to say, our thinking or you know our bias and all this stuff you can't prove it and it's really hard because mm-hmm. sometimes even if you try to challenge people about it because i tried even before all this report all these numbers i tried many times to talk about colleague with it about it and mm-hmm. at the beginning was like what are you talking about <laughs> there is no racism in uk you know <laughs> But I now like say that because there are and like the people that say it's not racist in the UK majority they are <laughs> those are the ones that are racist or they're blind to it. I yeah. Don't but but yes, now with uh, with these all you know uh, Black Lives Matter, I'm glad this happened because mm-hmm. this brought up more this kind of problem and even at work i had amazing colleagues we were talking about it every day and Mm -hmm. i was so proud of them because they did all the effort 
to learn to listen they listened to my story they were literally mm-hmm. shocked because they felt oh my god you are you've been working with us mm-hmm. and you faced all this problem and they didn't know nothing about it they start mm-hmm. to read a lot they start to watch a lot I, i'm so proud of them because mm-hmm. uh you know in the end of the day everyone need to learn you know exactly yeah and and we should support this learning mm-hmm. you know you may have someone want to do it and someone doesn't want to do it i mean you know but and a lot of like especially one of my uh, my my colleague since we had a lot of chats about this kind of problem she start to notice small things that she w- she couldn't notice before like yeah like the way people sometimes look at you the change of behavior of the people and she said to me fatima is amazing how now knowing i can notice yeah it's like it opens up your eyes like with knowledge it opens up your eyes basically yeah um because if you're innocent uh, okay i'm not gonna say innocent if you ignorance i'm not saying ignorant in a bad way yeah 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 you're not gonna see some of the stuff yeah so going back to what you said like your colleague said like oh it's not racist here in the uk then i mean i'm sorry then i don't know where you have been (laughs) not to know is that obviously if you're going to compare to what you went through in italy compared to uk and for me as well what i went through in sweden compared to here it's not as extreme as where i've experienced there there's Mm -hmm. still some racism here so for someone to say it's not Mm -hmm. then i don't know what bubble they live in but then yeah basically what i was saying like ignorance it blinds you basically yeah (laughs) to see what's actually there yeah yeah wow yeah (laughs) interesting to hear like that from the other side because obviously i've just heard whenever i read the article you just heard like yeah this numbers like all black women are more likely to do that and you know to pass away in childbirth but then seeing it from the other side when you explain that oh they might do home remedies other like culture or traditional things Mm. and not open up that's actually like I kind of like make me understand a little bit more as well mm-hmm. um I love like home remedies myself okay. <laughs> if you can do I'd rather do that than medicine but then I do understand like medicine you need it anyway like it is there for a reason yeah. as well but yeah I mean um, yeah it's it's a lot of things like it's a pool of things you know mm-hmm. uh, I just gave you an example but because our our job is based on giving the right information to make the information available for these women and they can take the decision of the care they need to take to, to take you know in the end of the day is their choice what they want how which kind of birth they want where mm-hmm. they want to get birth and all this stuff and our job is to give the right information but the point is how these women from coming from different backgrounds they they receive these informations mm-hmm. you know yeah. this is this is, the, this is the problem because in my job the women should be the center of our care we yeah. should empower them we should you know uh we are here for them and not mm-hmm. them for us you know mm-hmm. and uh but yeah i'm 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 working a lot on this and i'm and especially now 
uh, recently was before the COVID, we started um, a new challenge in NHS called okay. Better Birth. So Better Birth, what is basically is a new model of care con called continuity. So okay. basically you look as a midwife, you look after women from antenatally, so during the pregnancy, during the birth and after birth to give okay. the continuity. Because having the same midwife or the same, uh, could be one midwife or, or it could be like a, a small team of midwife, this is, can improve the outcome because there is more trust, there is mm -hmm. a better, better care, is more safer, and is improved the outcomes. So we started this um, was last October, and I joined the team in January. Mm -hmm. And especially my team, we were focusing on the Black, Asian, and ethnic minorities. So all our uh, women patients, they were coming from these communities. Okay, mm -hmm. and of course we needed to stop for the COVID. We are hoping mm -hmm. now to go back. And for me, it was amazing. It was amazing because that was me. That was that is the kind of job I want. I want to be there for them. Yeah. And I know I can do a change, you know. We were talking earlier about our personal life, but now yeah. I'm a midwife as well. So I need to give all my best in, in the world as a midwife as well. And, yeah. you know, and I think this kind of new model of care is gonna be the best thing for NHS and for maternity. Mm -hmm. And I think we are going to improve something. And because even when the women that I, we looked after, they were so happy about it. We received mm -hmm. really positive feedback. And you know, that trust, you know, sometimes like I met some of them after they just had a baby yeah. and yeah. crying when you go and see them, they're just crying, happy to see you, you know? <laughs> and you feel like, this is nice to feel you have a positive impact on life of other people. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, it's great. It's great that they come up with um, different ways of, like you said, like how to build trust and everything. And so the process can go even better. So yeah. I'm like, I'm excited to hear more about it and see like where it's going to go, if it's going to be a big yeah. thing in a couple of years or so. Obviously like with COVID it's, um, yeah, COVID is a uh, pain in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> it just you creates so much problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but th that's that's a great step. Uh, basically, yeah, that's a great step to you know um, do better. So th that's kind of like encouraging to hear. Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's encouraging to hear. But with the um, with the patients that has like passed away, does that affect you in any way? Like, is it? Is it hard as the first time when it happened, or have you ever had your own patients that passed away? Uh, not my own patient. Uh, we have, of course, situation where babies they may pass mm. away. Oh. Always, these that can affect you. Let's, mm -hmm. We are human being. I mean, even yeah. if you do it as a job, always something can affect you. You think about it, and it, something changes in you as well. Mm -hmm. But it's a learning point for everyone because when some like uh, incident like this happen, this means something was wrong. So it's a learning point and we learn and we investigate, of course, mm -hmm. and there is a, a huge process behind it. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, and uh, sometimes you need as well to learn how to metabolize things and try to not take everything back home with you because yeah. otherwise you can't cope. <laughs> yeah. um, but that is in general, I mean, even during a normal shift, if you have a, st- a stressful shift, you need to try to switch off somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know if I'll be able to do that. <laughs> I know it's hard. Um, it's easy yeah. to say, but it's really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. Does yeah. it does it get, maybe it's a stupid question to ask, but is it, does it get easier with the years um, or is it the same? Like you just, or do you just, maybe because you learn to switch it off, that maybe it seems easier. Um, it seems easier, but it's something that will be stuck with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, um because of course like for example in our job we people they think always that we deal just with life Uh but we have even sad sad moments where we deal with death like Mm. when you have someone who lose the baby or something like that and their faces you will never forget their faces like because you know that they will never even forget yours yeah you were there so But, um, and sometimes you feel like you want to keep them with you, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, it's, you have to, I guess you have to be very strong to work in the, uh, in the, in the fields, in the medical fields. So I have to, obviously it's joyful, um, you know, helping, encouraging women and all of that and bringing a new life uh, to life. Um, that sounded weird, but bringing out a new life, yeah. <laughs> but also like it has its sad moments as well. But you have to be a, yeah. a very strong person to, to be able to do that. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know if I will be able to do that, <laughs> but you never know. Like, I guess you maybe get used to it in a certain way. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how I would react if. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing yeah amazing oh well Fatima it has yeah. been very lovely speaking to you um very like interesting things that you brought up yeah made me speechless <laughs> <laughs> oh like what like everything you said like, oh my god like in Italy but oh, I do want to thank you again for um coming on this week's episode I hope you had fun I hope you enjoyed it uh, no thank you thank you for your invitation and it was uh, was amazing to have a, a relaxed say like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to talk about a lot of things to be honest you know there is a lot to say and you never know how to say it but yeah always nice to share it with someone mm. and yeah so thank you yeah no no I'm, I'm so excited like don't don't yeah uh, well obviously like you're welcome but, <laughs> but yeah I want to thank you more um because you never know there might be someone out there though maybe isn't Italy listening and maybe going through the same so it's good to hear other people's experiences as well yeah so see that's a life on life at the end of the tunnel that's how you say it 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but let, yeah. let me just say something there. I, we don't want to sound like, oh, my God, everything is bad and all the problems. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I have such beautiful uh, memories and people that are still with me all the mm-hmm. time. And people, they, uh, they made a difference in my life, uh, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, so, so, yes. Um, yeah. I don't need even to mention them, but they know that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Okay, well... Again, thank you again, Fatima, and thank you for everyone that's been listening to today's, or well, this week's episode. <laughs> and we will see you on the next one, which coming out again, as you know, next week on Monday. And yeah. don't forget to follow us on Spotify and also on Instagram, so you can see the lovely faces of everyone behind the voice system interviewing every single week. Bye, guys. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.